um, this morning, we're going to talk about things being new. And uh, just going to do kind of like a standalone sermon this morning and challenge us as we head into the new year. Um, we live in a part of the world that I think it's safe to say uh, stands out from the rest of the world and that we're, we're pretty obsessed with, with the new. We love to have things new in our country. Every year, people anxiously await the newest iPhone or whatever phone it is that you, you have of your choosing. Um, then there's wanting to have new clothes, the old clothes. Last year's outfits just aren't quite as in style anymore. Skinny jeans are out. Mom jeans are back in. Um, at least that's what my kids tell me. And, but the styles are constantly changing. We've got to have the newest thing. Our obsession with new, it doesn't even end with just the need for new things. Um, we love new movies. We love new shows. My family and I just last night saw the newest Spider-Man movie. And I don't know about you, but our home was, we had mixed reviews. The ladies of our home loved it. The guys, not so much. I think it's because there was a lot of crying and a lot of dialogue. The men just prefer more like explosions and stuff. But we, you got to see, you got to see the new, right? And um, I read this, an article this week about musicians and how there's different uh, musicians, artists out there that this year, they're just anticipating that this might be the year that they finally release some new material. The article is actually called um, Eight New Albums Fans Are Crossing Their Fingers Will Be Released in 2022. And you would think with an article with that title that, that it might be artists like maybe like Billy Joel or Oasis, you know, guys that haven't released new material in 30, 40 years or whatever. But no, it was about artists like The Weeknd who haven't released any new music, and, and wait for it, since 2020. I mean, that's just like two years ago. But fingers are crossed that this will be the year that we, we finally get some new music from, from the weekend. And then, of course, along comes December 31st, and, and, and the idea of new, just freshness, out with the old, in with the new year, is just front and center everywhere. And you can scan your Bible from the beginning to the end, and you are not going to find the phrase New Year's or New Year's Eve. It's not going to be anywhere in there. Um, the Jewish people, they did actually have a New Year type celebration the start of their Jewish calendar. It was a day called, called Yom Teruah, and um, it wasn't actually until Julius Caesar came along. A little history for you here. Julius Caesar came along, and he was the guy that said, okay, we're going to have New Year's be January 1st. And although though you, you won't find the phrase New Year's Day or New Year's anywhere in the Bible, the idea of new is such a key part of, of the biblical story, the biblical narrative. It's such a key part that you have the old part of the Bible and the new part of the Bible separating the Old Testament and New Testament. In Scripture, new is celebrated everywhere. It's all over. Much of the excitement of the Old Testament is expressed in terms of of the, the new thing that God is going to one day do. In the book of Isaiah, you, you see um, how there's this dream that one day peace on earth will come and people will beat their swords into plowshares and the lion will one day lie down with the lamb. We also see God encouraging his people at one point to not dwell on the old, but to instead begin looking for the new thing that he's up to. In Isaiah 43, it says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, See, I am doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. So it's wilderness and wasteland is the old way, and God's saying clear directions, and streams is the new way. The idea of new even continues with, with God making this promise. The days are coming, declares the Lord in Jeremiah 31, when I will make a new covenant. He doesn't say it's going to be the same old, same old. No, he says it's going to be a new covenant, a covenant that's fulfilled in Jesus. And the scripture talks about in, in the New Testament saying, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, exclamation point. New is everywhere in the Bible. Ephesians 2.15, it talks about how there's going to be, uh, how God's created a new humanity through the cross that's no longer divided along ethnic lines or social status. John 13.34, what does Jesus say? He comes along and says, hey, I've got a new command to give to you. Love one another. And what is it, what is it about the new? I don't know if you spend a lot of time around New Year's kind of thinking through this stuff. My mind kind of goes there. Um, I tend to overthink things. Becky tells me all the time. But what is it about the new? Like why, why are we so caught up in the new? What, why does new get us so excited? Why are we so obsessed with the new? And, and even more importantly, why is the idea of new such a, a central part of the biblical narrative? And I've, in, in my thinking and pondering, I've come up with a, a few reasons why. I think one of the reasons is new brings with it the potential for something good to happen. It brings with it just possibility, potential. 2022 just might be the year that you meet the man or the woman of your dreams. You fall totally in love, get married, happily ever after. 2022 could be the year that you finally get it right with those Powerball numbers. And you strike it rich. And you can spend your money on whatever you want. Quit your job, travel the ends of the earth. 2022 just might be the year that we finally get back to normal and no more face masks and all that stuff. It, it has new, it's wrapped with possibility, isn't it? The idea that, that there's potential for something good to happen. I think another reason that, that we are so excited about new is new means out with the old. Now, when I was younger, this sounded a lot better than it does now that I'm nearing 50. When I hear out with the old, I, I start to take it personal at, at my age now. But when the old, when it represents something personal or, or it represents something difficult or painful, something that maybe was a struggle, you can't wait for the new, right? You know, I got this, um, a, a new knife set for Christmas. And I am so excited about this new knife set. You have no idea how excited I am. And... Um, I'm so excited that I don't even want to use the knives just yet. <laughs> I want them to stay sharp and never, ever, ever get dull. Um, just ask my, my family. I'm like, I'm being super uptight about this new knife set. And, and no one touches the knives until we've all sat down and we've ha we have to have a family meeting and I've got 150 rules about these brand new knives. And I'm excited about the new knives because the old ones are just so, so dull. You, you go to cut a tomato, and it's impossible to cut it without squishing it because they're just so dull. You can barely cut through soft butter with these old knives that we have. And so I am glad to be out with the old and in with, with the new knives 
because it's, it's just good. And, and then when it, when it comes to, you know, that's kind of a, a light illustration, but when it comes to your, your life and if you're just, you've got a lot of pain, you've got a lot of suffering, you're just, it's difficult. You know, 2021 was difficult for a lot of people. I don't know if you ever uh, watched Google's 2021 year in review that they do every, every year, but some of the things that are searched for the most in 2021 are just how to stay strong, how to get through it, how to, how to, how to survive. 2021 was, was tough, and if it's been, if your life has been tough, if it's been challenging, you're going, I cannot wait to get out with the old and with the new. And then I think another reason that we get so caught up in the new is that new carries the idea of things being better than they currently are. You know, a new car might be better than the old scrap pile of metal that you're driving around. A, a new in-shape body is, you might look at that and go, it's going to be better than, than the one that I have because I'll, I'll feel better about myself or I won't be as tired, whatever that might be. Or maybe new is better for you because you're just so bored with life right now that anything new is better because it might be more exciting. It might make you more happy than you currently are. But new has this idea that, that it's going to be better. And so we get all excited and caught up in a new year. And as we head into 2022, I, I really believe that God wants us to know today that, that new is a good thing as long as the new is, that we seek is aligned with His heart. As long as it's aligned with His heart and with His will. And, and here's what I mean. God is a God that's for new. Is God a God of possibility? Yes. Is, he, is there hope for a new and better day? ahead with him? Yes, always. His plans are to give us hope, future. He wants us to know him more fully and deeply. Is, is he a God who wants to do something new in our lives? Yes, absolutely he is. He's constantly, the, the Bible says, changing us from glory to glory to glory to glory. He's helping us to get rid of the old destructive habits that weigh us down, and He's transforming us day by day into someone new. He wants your 2022 to be more fruitful. He wants you to know Him more. He wants you to experience more of His joy, more of His peace, more of His love. He wants you to live with more purpose. He wants you to live with greater impact in the world around you. He wants all of this, to which I'm sure that we would all say, I want this too, heading into 2022. But here's the thing, the new that God wants to do in your life won't just happen. There, there are some things that, that I believe God wants you and me he, to do. He's, he's asking us to do in order to walk into the new thing that He has for you, the new thing that He has for your family, the new thing that He has for, for our church, for our city. And so I want to give us this morning just three challenges Three simple challenges, steps to take in order to walk into the new thing that God has for, for you, for me, and for us this year. And they're simple challenges, but I'll tell you on the front end, they are not easy challenges. The first one is this, let go of your plans and surrender to God's plans. Let go of your plans and surrender to God's plans. Maybe you've done a lot of thinking about what 2022 is going to look like. Maybe you haven't given it two thoughts. It's just another day on the calendar. Regardless, what would it look like for you to 
to, 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 to let go of your plans and instead ask Jesus what his plans are. God, what are your plans for me this year? God, what are, what are your plans for my family? God, what, what would you like us to do differently? And God's not going to always lay out the, full entire, the whole entire year and step by step by step, but, but what would that next thing look like if you just said, God, what, what, would, what do you have for me? You know, do you just look at what everybody else is doing with their lives and just kind of fall in line with that? Or do you bring Jesus in on the planning and go, Jesus, what is it that you, you have for me, my family, my city, my church? You know, when it comes to embracing the new thing that God has for us, throughout the, the entire biblical narrative, there's a key piece in the puzzle when it comes to embracing what God has for us. And that, that piece is surrender. It's saying, God, I surrender my future. I surrender my life to you. God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I'm going to do something new in and through you. You're going to lead your people out of Egypt. But first, you have to surrender to me. You have to say yes to me, even though you think my plans are crazy. God comes along to David and says, David, you're, you're not going to be a shepherd any longer. Instead, you're going to one day be king. But first, you have to surrender. You have to let go of, of, of what your life is going to be all about. You, you have to be like that, that sheep that's being led by the shepherd, wherever the shepherd leads, saying yes to me. God comes to Peter and says, hey, I'm going to do something new in you. I'm actually going to work through your life to build the church, to usher in the, the church age. You're going to be foundational. You're going to be a pillar in this movement. But, but Peter, first you have to surrender. Yes, Peter, you have plans to take over the family fishing business, probably to one day teach your children the fishing business. But Peter, you have to leave that behind and say yes to me and, and, and follow me. He comes to us when we're lost in our sin and lost in our brokenness. And he says, I want to do something new in you. I want you to experience what it's like to be born again. I want you to know what it's like to have new life, to be raised to life in Christ, to know what it's like to be loved, to have joy that can only be found in Jesus. But first, what does he ask us to do? He says, you have to surrender. You have to trust. You have to trust me with, with your, your future. And, and normally we We'd rather just hang on to our plans, right? As much as possible because we think we know what's best for us. We know what's, what's best for me. We, we know what's, what it's going to take to lead to life. Um, I read this article this last week from um, Psychology Today, and they wrote this article where they, they discussed um, another reason why people are so into to New Year's resolutions. And they said it like this. They said, New Year's resolutions are examples of the universal human desire to have some control over what lies ahead because the future is unsettlingly unknowable. We want to have some control, so we, we, we plan it, it all out. To which Jesus goes, um, you know, I don't ask you to figure it all out. I ask you to come to me and to follow me. If you want to walk into the new thing that God has for you, you have to let go of your plans and say, Jesus... I surrender to yours. I surrender to your plans. Which leads to the next requirement to, to walking into the new thing that God has for you is, is this. You need to make Jesus the center of your life's story. Make Jesus the center of your life's story. I really, one of the, one of the guys in the Bible that I've just, have always kind of respected, I guess, and looked up to is, is Abraham. 
And I've always been amazed at Abraham. He's this, this man from the Old Testament. He's the father of not only the Jewish people, but, but um, Muslim people as well. A central figure in the history of the world. And what I've been amazed at is how he was able to take such a huge leap of faith in his life. God comes to him one day, and what does God say? Genesis 12, 1, he says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. God gives this super vague command, right? He doesn't say go here. He doesn't lay the plans out like, down to the last detail. No, he says go, leave, leave everything and go to the land that, that I'm going to show you. And Abraham, he simply follows and obeys. Now keep in mind, Abraham at this point here is not some, it's not like he's a young single guy who, who's just got nothing in life. Abraham is married, he's, he has a thriving business, a lot of wealth, he has roots in the place that he's living, but he just goes anyways. And, and as he does, this incredible story begins to unfold in his life, and some of the story is really good, but like anyone's life story, there's a lot of really bad, there's struggle. The good would be the promises that God's made to him, the way God has spared his life from, from severe famine. The good would be the way God protected him and his wife from the Pharaoh at the time, the way God worked through him to, to rescue his nephew Lot. There's a lot of good in Abraham's story, but there's also a lot of bad. The bad would be the way his, his wife, Sarah, is unable to have any kids. They're just not able to have any children, even though children are a big part of the promises that God has made to him. The, the bad would be the, the tension that there is between him and his nephew, Lot. The bad would be that he has to deal with a famine. The bad would be that he's a nomad who doesn't really have much of a home. It's, it's a typical life story, right? There's lots of, lots of ups and downs, lots of goods, lots of bad, just like life. Life sometimes is easy. Sometimes the, the sun is just shining down on you. But other times, life is really hard. It seems like you're just, you're, you're just kind of stuck in the proverbial dark night of the soul forever well like Abraham in the middle of all the ups and downs there's a story that is being written with your life there's a story uh, my story includes growing up in small rural Canada hunting and fishing with my dad and my brothers meeting a beautiful girl in college getting married to her having five amazing kids it includes the heartache of us losing Ethan when he was three months or three weeks old. It includes God calling us to leave Canada and move down here and, and be a part of this amazing church called CTK. My story includes a lot of the same struggles that you've had to deal with the last two years with all the craziness of this pandemic. Like Abraham, you and I, we, we all have our stories. We all have stories. And, and here's the thing that I've discovered in life. It's easy to get so caught up in our stories that without even knowing it, we become the center of our stories. And Abraham has this moment in the middle of, of all the ups and downs of his life where God comes to him with a simple, simple reminder. The Bible describes what happened like this. It says in Genesis 15:1 that the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. Abram. This was before his name was changed to Abraham. God says, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. I'm your shield, God says. I, I'm your great reward. 
Yes, Abraham, there's, there's some stuff going on in your life that's pretty big, but don't ever forget, Abraham, God says, I am your reward. And in the middle of the story of your life, you can't ever forget who's the center. You just can't. You have to make sure that you don't neglect to make Jesus your great reward. A, a new car, yeah, that's nice, but it's going to rust one day. It's going to get really old. Uh, a new job, nice, but it's going to be more the same. Whatever that new thing is that maybe you're looking forward to, it will never, ever satisfy like Jesus. It just will not. He is your reward. He's the one who came along and lifted you out of that slimy pit and put a new song in your mouth. He's the one who made a way for that new covenant in His blood, making a way for you and I to know life and life to the full. He's the one who is renewing you on the inside, day by day, Scripture says, even though outwardly we're all wasting away. It's Him. It's Him. And so like that verse says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen for for. For, for that's what's eternal. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We say, Jesus, you are the center of my story. Regardless of how good my story is or how broken my story is or how everything my story is, up and down, Jesus, it's about you. It's, it's you. And the challenge for us is, is to make this, this, as we head in this new year, is to say, Jesus, you are the center of my story. I surrender to you. In a new way. And then and lastly, if you want to walk into the new thing that God wants to do in your life this year, you have to be willing to let go of the old and say yes to the new. You have to be willing to let go of the old, whatever that might look like in your life, whatever Jesus is asking you to surrender to Him. It might be your way of living, it might be your way of doing things, it might be a habit, it might be, I don't know what it might be, but, but you have to, if Jesus comes along and and as he, as he becomes Lord of your life, and as He leads you, you have to be willing to let go of the old and say yes to the new. On, on Christmas Eve, we talked about how when Jesus showed up on the scene, a lot of people missed out on Him. They missed out on the new thing that was happening because they weren't willing to let go of the old. Yes, there were some who, who thought that they were letting go of the old, but, but really all they were wanting Jesus to do was simply to come along and patch up some of the cracks in the old. They wanted Jesus to come along and just kind of fix some of what was, was wrong or broken in the, the, the system. They wanted him to, to return the people back to true worship. They wanted him to bring people back to a system where the political center of power was in Jerusalem rather than in Rome. And it was like they wanted Jesus to just simply remodel an old house. But what Jesus came to do was actually to build a brand new one. One time as Jesus was trying to help people understand this, he used this illustration of old and new clothes and old and new wineskins. And he said this, he said in Matthew chapter 9, he says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. You see, here's the, the thing with wineskins. We don't have wineskins, obviously, in our, in our culture, but back in the day, they were, they were used in ancient times to make wine. You would put the wine in a wineskin container where the, the fermenting process would, would begin. 
and you'd always have to put the, the new wine in new wineskins, just like you'd have to put the new cloth on new garments. Old wineskins, you see, they, they'd already been stretched to capacity by the fermenting process. And if they were filled with new wine, the bubbling and the expanding and the, 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 the emitting gas, it would expand again in the old brittle wineskins already having been stretched to the limit, they would just absolutely burst. You needed new containers, new garments that were, were flexible, that, that were pliable. And here's the thing that we have to understand about Jesus. He isn't, he isn't about doing patchwork in your life. He, he's just not. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a brand new thing. Yet some people treat his work like it's just simply patching up things Patching up the old way of doing things that and they mostly don't want to change. Like he's just getting rid of an, an old habit here. He's just getting rid of some bad feelings there and maybe replacing them with some good feelings. Making make me want to feel better when I wake up, whatever it might be. But if his work is simply a patchwork in your life, it will burst. It's not going to last. He never intem- intended to simply patch up our lives. He comes along to do a new thing. His work is a full-on invasion of His kingdom into your life and through your life to the rest of the world. But to embrace this work, you have to be willing to let go of the old and say yes to whatever the new thing is that He wants to do in and through your life. And I understand that that is a lot easier said than done. Because we don't like change, do we? No, we, we, we kind of get comfortable in our, our lives. We like where things are at. We like where it's kind of predictable. We like where we've got, it seems like we've got some control. We don't want to change. We don't want to mess with the system. We just want to keep it, keep it where it's always been. But but embracing the new that God has for us will will a lot of times mean, okay, we've got to let go of some, some of the old. The Bible talks a lot about taking off the old self with its practices and putting on the new self, which is being which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of his creator. And where are you at today? Are you kind of brittle? Are you stuck in the old? Or are you flexible enough to say, God, whatever you want to do, if it means I've got to get rid of some old, old habits, if it means I have to get rid of some old ways of doing things, God, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. It may be the old that he wants to, to change and, and do a new thing in. Maybe it's a small area of your life. Maybe it's big. I don't know, but but are you in a place where you're, you're, you're pliable in, in his hands? Can, can your life carry the new thing that God wants to do this year? And, and my challenge for us as we head into this, this new year is that we would be those people that are just so surrendered to God that we say, God, I don't have a clue what this year is going to look like. God, I know there's probably going to be some good. God, I know there's also probably going to be some bad. But God, I'm surrendered to you. God, my life is surrendered to you. Because my life is about you. You are not just my Savior, but you are my Lord. Wherever you lead, Jesus, I'm going to follow. Whatever that looks like for me and my family, whatever that looks like for me on my job, whatever that looks like for me as I'm walking the hallways of my class, in the hallways of my school, God, it's about you. God, I'm making it about you this year. And as we wrap up this morning, I'm just going to ask you to have a just a moment with Jesus right where you're at. And I wonder if you would be willing to say, Jesus, at the start of this year, Lord, 
I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you in a whole new way. God, I'm coming back to you. Maybe for you, as we head into this new year, you're going, I have actually drifted away from Jesus. I've drifted away from following him. I've just, I'm not even going to try to hide it. I've just flat out made my life all about me. Jesus be the center of my story? Absolutely not. This, I have been the center of my story. You're going, but I want that to change. Starting today, I want that to change. And, and I just would ask wherever you're at in your heart to say, Jesus, that's me. I am surrendering my life to you. In, in a fresh new way. Maybe you feel like you have been surrendered. Let this be a moment today where you, you put a, a, a stake in the ground and you say, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm, I'm recommitting all over again, God. I'm surrendered to you in whatever you have for me this year. God, I'm surrendered. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are God of the new. God, none of us would be here today if you were not a God who, who was into taking the old thing, the old us, that was lost in sin, lost in brokenness, stuck in that miry clay. If you were not a God who was into taking us from that and making us a brand new creation, God, we would not be here if that was not the kind of God that we serve. God, we thank you for the way that you have worked in our hearts to do something new in our lives God, we thank you for the transformation that you've already done in each one of us. But God, this morning, God, as we, as we stand here at the beginning of a brand new year, God, we stand here asking that, God, you do something new in our lives. God, you do something new in our families. God, you do something new in our church. God, something new in our city. That, God, you would, you would, you would, you would break through, God, in a brand new way, not for our sake, but for the sake of your name. God, come and do something new. And so, Jesus, this morning, we, as, as a church, God, we just surrender our hearts to you and, and say, come, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way. God, in every area of our lives, God, have your way. And then, God, we, we choose to head into this year, God, full of faith, God, full of expectancy, because we serve a God who's a big God. We serve a God who's a God of the impossible. We serve a God who is a God of the new. We serve a God who is a God of, of endless potential and possibility. And so God, we head into this year, God, believing that you're going to do incredibly more than all we could ever ask or imagine. And Father, I just want to thank you so much, God, for each person that that is here, God, each person that's watching online, God, even for those, God, who are part of our church family who, who are not able to tune in this week. And God, I just want to pray that, that prayer over each one that, that we sung earlier on, that God, you would, you would bless them. God, bless your people, I pray. God, keep them. God, be gracious to them. God, would you let your face shine upon each one of us, God, in an incredibly powerful way. I pray in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, it's been really good having you join us today. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to be hanging around. You can approach me. I'd love to pray with you. Other than that, have a fantastic day. Um, all you students in the room, enjoy your last day before you head back to the books. And uh, have, a, have a fun, blessed day. God bless.